right, my Gabby Gabbers, welcome to the Mini Gabs, where your extra girls and our chit chats and whatnot. I'm Natalie. I'm Hina. And uh, I'm pretty sure this comes out during our birthday week. It does. We uh, have just had, okay, this is Wednesday, correct? Yes. All right. Yep. My birthday was yesterday, and I am fucking old, but that's <laughs> fun. Lies. I'm older. Uh, yeah, mine will be in two days. Yeah, two days. I'm looking it up on the calendar just so Yeah. <laughs> Oh, mine was a couple of days ago. There we go. Sorry, y'all. My birthday. My birthday was a couple of days ago. It was December 2nd, which is actually the same birthday as Britney Spears, which is Kina's favorite person in the world. <laughs> it, teenage Kina, for sure. It was. <laughs> if you listen to the last mini gab, you should, because we had an awesome question about your music when you were a kid. Also, college Kina really dug, like, post-2007 Britney, which is like, world in song. Oh, yeah, she did come make a good comeback, mm-hmm. didn't she? Yeah, all the club in there. All right, we've come to the realization that our mini-sodes are not many, and we talk about ourselves too much. We're going to jump right into it this week. Yeah, let's get this, let's get this ball rolling. Do you want to start, or shall I? You, I went first last time. All right. Today, y'all, I don't have an article or something but i have something very interesting i probably have mentioned this before but now it's the official segment of me talking about it and that is toys that are made for us it is a show on netflix oh it's a documentary it's kind of like abstract if you listen a few minisodes ago i talked about that show abstract about different engineers and artists and architects and it's just really cool well here we have is a series, a mini series about toy engineers. And it's He-Man, it's Barbie, Legos, G.I. Joe, there's Hello Kitty, and there's what else? They just released a new season a couple of weeks ago. I have not watched all the episodes yet, but oh, it's I'm restraining myself because there's only like four <laughs> episodes. There's three seasons. Mm-hmm. They only were planning on doing two, but because it was so, I guess, I don't know if they just got a lot of emails or what, but they mm-hmm. ended up making a third season. And <laughs> so the intro is like a four part series and blah, 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 or an, yeah, an eight episode series and blah, blah, blah is how the intro song goes. And then in season three, they changed it up to the continuing series. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's um, cool. It's narrated by Patrick Oswalt, who is hilarious, in my opinion. And these aren't your normal Joe Blow documentaries. They're not boring or anything like that. They're actually very funny. And to think about how these toys were made and created, or just like on the fly, it's crazy. And so in the new season, it's Ninja Turtles. Hello. Oh, wow. And uh, Power Rangers. Hello Kitty and wrestling figures. Cause you know, in the nineties, man, mm-hmm. wrestling hit big. Oh yeah. So we're now hitting, I guess millennial, older millennial generation. Mm-hmm. Cause that, that's power Rangers and stuff like that. That was me. I was, I was totally pink power ranger. One Halloween. <laughs> and I really recommend the show just because it is funny. And I did not realize how old some of this shit was. Like, do you, did you know how old Lego was? Like, no, do have- I don't. Oh, like- oh. It actually started like in the 
30s and 40s. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Huh. It's like between the wars. It's been a while since I've seen that episode. But, yes, it used to be a wooden toy company. And eventually, modern technology came out with plastic. And they ended up making blocks and they made Legos. But And it talks about the process of how you came to Legos today. And the Lego today has actually been around for a super long time. I want to say the 50s even or the 60s. But when they made that final, like, so the human figure. So mm-hmm. the same Lego person that you've been playing with, like the, your grandparents played with, mm-hmm. are still compatible with the legos that you're playing with today like they have made no changes cool i think that's really cool and they they make a joke about the lego system (laughs) and they'll like put echo effects and everything on system and (laughs) (laughs) because that's their whole thing is making it compatible so you can mix and match your lego sets and then like i said your grandparents legos that they were playing with back in whatever day it might have been let's say the 70s or 80s that's Mm -hmm compatible with what you're playing with today with your like your harry potter set or star wars oh wow same with barbie did you know that barbie was based off of a i want to say german barbie doll a german doll that represented a hooker no i did not (laughs) holy shit Mm -hmm. how did i not know that the creator of barbie was touring in Europe and she walked past the shop and saw this doll, which very much looks like the Barbie we kind of know. Of course, they've changed and updated, changed the body shape and whatnot a little bit here and there over the many years. But basically, like the Barbie we know, she sees this doll in the window. And the goal was if you, a man, if you had a hot date that night, you'd buy this doll give it to the lady, and it would basically insinuate that you wanted a little something, something extra that night. And, which I think is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can you just not be nice and treat her to a good dinner, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or take her out for at least a couple of dates? Damn. Oh, damn. That got um, me. But this lady bought the doll, took it back home with her, and says, we need to make this because... We had G.I. Joe. We had, the boys had, I don't know. Actually, no, Barbie came out before G.I. Joe. They had so many boy boy toys, but they did not have really much for girls. It was all about playing house. It was paper dolls and paper this and flat. But here's like a physical doll. And they talk about how they molded her and what does Barbie do. And so I know there's a whole cliche about Barbie not giving good like body stereotypes mm-hmm. but in truth the whole thing was barbie had so many jobs it actually gave like first girls to dream of being more than just a secretary yeah like she was an astronaut she was the teacher she was i think a senator like she was she had so many careers mm-hmm. and it's just kind of cool the hello kitty one i think is really interesting too Because I did not know how old Hello Kitty was. It's from the 70s. Oh, I didn't realize it was from the 70s. Yeah. Um, Has it always been Japanese? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's always been a Japanese thing. Though I think some American companies have partnered with them. Oh, Transformers. That's another really good one. Oh, Transformers. (laughs) Um, That's a really good... Mentioning Japanese, so yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a crossover 
between U.S. and Japanese companies work together to come up with Transformers. The oh, Japanese cool. definitely had a lot of robots and everything. Mm-hmm. And I know they instigated it, but they wanted to expand. And so U.S. people were like, we love these. And Japanese were like, well, we have them. And they just like, <laughs> boom. Now when it came to Transformers. Anyways. Oh, I have not watched it yet. But there's a, in one of the new seasons, it's My Little Ponies. Oh, wow. And I remember those. I see. I I really I don't really remember them very much. I know I know about them and I know they are still popular today, mm-hmm. especially with the TV show. But <laughs> I, in the trailer, I saw that they mentioned the Bronies, which are men that love My Little Ponies. I heard you try to sneak up on me. Whatever. Sorry, you're trying to scare me. <laughs> I heard him. <laughs> Is this boring or is this interesting? No, it's really interesting. I did okay. not know. I think I think my generation, I remember My Little Pony being maybe my sister's, but I was before the Power Rangers thing. Yeah. But I remember Barbies being a huge thing. I used to make clothes for them. That's how I learned how to sew. Yes. And they talk about the sewing kits in the mm-hmm. episode. That's so cool. Yeah, it's just really neat. The nostalgia and just the, like, He-Man. He-Man is probably the funniest of them all because <laughs> it is a really a catch-all for all the toys. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what what does He-Man, like, how does He-Man get around? I'm like, I don't know, make him ride a fucking animal. And, like, that's actually kind of a quote. And then they're like, well, we have these tigers that are, but they're too big. They're like, put a fucking saddle on it. I don't care. Just fix it. God damn mm-hmm. it. And they're just like... <laughs> And they're like, how do we sell this toy? And so they're trying to pitch it. They're like, no, we can't buy that. Oh, but did you know it came with a comic book? Fuck, it came like, quit making shit up. Yeah. And like, yeah, it came with a comic book. And so he just spitballing. And they were like, after the meeting, like, well, damn, now we have to make a comic book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And like I said, the editing is excellent. So Toys That Made Us, it's on Netflix. It is really funny. The nostalgia is there. And, like, I did not grow with, grow up with He-Man, but after watching that, I then watched all of the show, along with She-Ra and then the new She-Ra, which I, remember, I think is good. I remember She-Ra. I think that, again, that was my sister's thing. I don't know. I was in a weird, <laughs> weird, weird age group, I think. I remember stuff from my sisters. Yeah. I think. Uh, they also talk about Star Wars and Star Trek. Ooh. Yep. Have you watched The Mandalorian yet? Holy shit. No, I haven't logged into Disney Plus yet. I just got it the other day. I won't say because it will be a spoiler and people will spoil me, but holy shit. Okay, yep. Save that. Save that later. It's all over the internet, but oh my god. So good. No, it's really cool. I love like nostalgic toys. They're just so fun. It's like our childhoods, but to see like the history behind them is even cooler. Yeah. Same with G.I. Joe. Like Mm -hmm. Emphasizing like this is not a doll; it's an action figure. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, She-Ra with the He-Man show, like She-Ra came into play because the boys' dolls were selling so much more. So then the women's side was like, "Hey, we need to catch up." And so mm-hmm. that's when why doesn't He-Man have a sister? And so She-Ra. Yeah. So, it's just kind of interesting the creations and then what was basically off the fly, <laughs> like. <laughs> Just just to spitball and just to make the pitch. I don't know. It's just really in the editing and Patrick Oswalt. They're funny. It's good. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I hope y'all enjoy it if you watch it. 
Oh, that's so cool. That I'll us. have to watch it. I just added it to my list on Netflix. But yeah. Awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> I love toys. Me too. Makes me think of the good old days before bills <laughs> and back pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my story's not as fun. But. An exchange of services. I have the vodka. He wants some. Pause. All right. So I know last episode you're like, I'm ready for some ghosts, and I didn't have any ghosts. So now I have ghosts. Yay. So it's again, I'm going to. Episode without one ghost. <laughs> I know, right? So this was really fun. I saw this news article, and I've been here. Right before this news article came out. And it was like, boom, ghosts. So, I was intrigued. But again, <laughs> I'm going to start with a bit of history. And this is from the Texas Historical Society. And then the article is from KVUE. KVUE ABC. Drumroll, please. is the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas. Oh, go on. So, I actually went here for a live show of one of my favorite podcasts, Wine and Crime. So I went and saw them there and I was like, this place is cool. And I never thought anything of it. And then this news article came out and I was like, holy shit, I need to know more. So here's some history. The Paramount Theater was built by Ernest Nall in 1915. And it was located just south of the Texas State Capitol in Austin. He was a renowned Chicago architect and apparently a big fucking deal. And he designed the theater in the neoclassical revival style, which makes it significant. For all that art history shit. Anyway, it was originally intended to be a vaudeville venue, which I found fucking cool. And it was <laughs> named The Majestic, and it opened on October 11, 1915. And it had performers like the Marx Brothers. And then vaudeville kind of like went out the wayside, and then it changed. So in 1930, showman Carl Hobelzell bought The Majestic, and he renamed it The Paramount. He remodeled the facility with carpeting, upholstered chairs, and some new sound systems, which I would assume is important for a theater. Uh, He also committed himself to community service, and the Paramount became an important promoter of war bonds, and it sold $8.4 million worth of war bonds in 1942 through 1945. So it became an important thing for World War II. And Army training and recruiting films also ran at the Paramount during this period. So think of Captain America, where they're all in the theater watching these war propaganda films. You know, <laughs> this is what happened in Austin. In its first 30 years, it became prominent entertainment, hosting performers such as Orson Welles, John Philadosa, the Metropolitan Opera, Harry Houdini, never heard of him, Mae West, and Catherine Hepburn starred in the Philadelphia story there. Like, holy shit, name drop. <laughs> On May 6, 1977, it was dedicated as a state historical marker. The building is listed on the National Register of Historic Places also. So all the funds for being a historical marker was helped to restore it, and it allowed the Paramount Theater to rise to standards of major touring theater companies. Since its renovation, it has welcomed more than 1.5 million people. So very busy theater. It included... Productions like My Fair Lady, Evita, and A Chorus Line. I've seen one of those. Evita. Which one? I would say I love My Fair Lady. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I never got to see that in person. I saw Evita in like 
Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> I was actually in the orchestra for My Fair Lady. Oh, how fun. cool. Oh, that would be really good. And they also had events featuring stars like George Carlin, Dolly Parton, and Rodney Dangerfield. Like, just a huge variety of people. In 2006, the archives of the theater was donated to the University of Texas for fine art. The archives contain material dating from 1971, including 600 posters, 150 videotapes, and 100 programs and playbills. I would want to be in those archives. In 2010, the Paramount regular performance season changed, and it was 250-plus shows a year, and it was highlighted by several nationally acclaimed films and music events, most notably South by Southwest and the Awesome Film Festival. It has since become a premier venue. In 2012, Paramount launched a new comedy festival called the Moon Tower Comedy and Oddity Festival, which I tried to go to because... Like, literally every comedian I like was at it. It's insane. But I'm sure everybody's heard by about South by Southwest. My highlight of the festivities occurred in September of that year when a huge theater sign known as the Paramount Blade, and it had originally been on the building in 1930, it was reinstalled and relighted. So I actually got to see that. It was really cool. Another fun fact is uh, President Barack Obama spoke at this theater in 2014, making him the first president to be on the stage. And then one of the other fun facts I found in 1982, the best little whorehouse in Texas premiered at the Paramount with movie stars Burt Reynolds, Dolly Parton and Charles Durning parading down Congress Avenue to attend the movie premiere. And then I also saw like Batman, one of the 1966 one premiered at the Paramount. So, okay. That'd be like Adam West and all that. I was going to say Adam West era. Very nice. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's like a big fucking deal that I didn't realize it was that uh that important. <laughs> that prestige. Prestigious. Yeah. My friend Delphine and I, we had a, some kind of joke about the the Warhouse movie. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. It, it prompted us to want to watch it, though. And we watched about 15 minutes of it, and then we ended up talking and i think she fell asleep so <laughs> it didn't really happen but it was, it was funny i don't think it's one of dolly's best i'll put it that way though yeah i love, I love me some dolly parton but nah, maybe not that movie <laughs> all right so the article i found is called a brief haunted history of the paramount theater Ooh. it says austin texas it could be the phantom of the paramount i'm sure somebody's really proud of themselves for that sentence Anyway, so the whole story is that a a pianist was visiting the Paramount Theater, and a lot of times when people come to perform, they set up and they do kind of like a practice show, and a lot of times these people record themselves playing. So if you're a musician, you record yourself to see what the acoustics sound like, you know, throughout the theater. Mm -hmm. So this is basically what this is set on. So he was doing that, and he actually stopped a photo of the mezzanine, And it was a woman that was not there was captured in his photos. So that got people conversing about the ghost of the Paramount Theater. So it's been around for like 104 years. So, you know, it's old. And it's only one of 25 theaters in the entire country that has reached a 100th birthday without ever being closed. Or, let's be honest, burned down because most of them burned down. Executive director Jim Ritz said that one of the ghosts of the Paramount is a woman in a white dress who is always in the mezzanine heading towards the south wall of the theater. Quote, 
What we believe the history is, is that next to the Paramount Theater was the War Department of the Republic of Texas. The belief is, is that her husband was a soldier and was missing and that she's constantly trying to get back over to the War Department to find out the fate of her husband. End quote. That phantom could be the woman that the pianist Chad Lawson said he photographed while visiting Austin. Britt said the second spirit is an elderly gentleman in the left opera box smoking a cigar. Quote, though we haven't seen him in a while, many of the folks in the past 10 years have smelled cigar smoke or the residue of cigars in that box. Considering this is a non-smoking theater and because there is no vent or access to alleys or any other places, we believe it's just him being in our theater. I think that's fun. The owner's just like, yeah, it's just a ghost. It's fine. Nobody gets smoking here. It's just a ghost. Uh, there's also another very special spirit a longtime projectionist walter norris who died of cardiac event in the booth in 2000 playing his favorite movie casablanca he always had a candy bar and a soft drink in the booth quote we've continued that tradition during our film season Ritz said and in fact most recently when we brought our digital cinema package about three and a half years ago we kept having problems getting it installed getting it to operate One of our production people looked up and went, oh my goodness, we don't have a soft drink or a candy bar up here. They went and got one, and then it started working perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of the article. (laughs) That's it. That's the article. I think it's really cute. that They're like, yeah, we're going to run with the ghosts. But, uh, oh, let me send you the picture right now. Uh, 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 Here's the ghosts. This is a picture actually went blanking. Yeah, this was better than last week's with the toe. But yeah, so there's nobody else in the theater. They are already, you know, questioning everybody. But it's a pretty undeniable looking like a woman in white in a video. Super creepy. If I saw that, yeah. Said he wasn't there because he was practicing and taking pictures. And he's like, that person was not there when I was looking, but it showed up in the pictures. Oh, well, this okay. Oh, but stuff like that. That is creepy. (laughs) <laughs> I was not in the mezzanine. I was actually in like the mid row towards the left, but a lot of people were in the mezzanine. So if you were at that show, <laughs> you were standing by a ghost. <laughs> Hopefully they were polite. All right. Do you want to start asking some questions? I do. I do. All right. First up, if you could spend an hour with anyone living or dead, who would it be? And then right after that, it says, what question would you ask them? And this is a question we got on social media and we answered, but I figure a lot of people didn't see that. So we're going to re-answer it. But I said Queen Elizabeth I because I'm intrigued by her story. Like her mother was Anne Boleyn and she never talked about Anne Boleyn her entire life. But when she died, she was wearing a ring that had a portrait of Anne Boleyn in it. So I always wondered, like, did a lot of her you know, rulings as queen have to do with her mother's beliefs because she kind of steered towards the Protestantism and stuff. So, but living would probably be Obama because he seems like a cool dude. We've mentioned that before. Yep. (laughs) And uh, I think my response was Bill Nye Mm -hmm. on that one, just because I think he's really funny and really cool. And I'd probably ask him about him living next to Ed Begley Jr., who's another Mm -hmm. actor. And I find him very funny. And there was actually a show called Living with Ed. And <laughs> it was a, kind of like a reality TV show where cameras followed Ed Begley and his wife. And Bill Nye actually was their neighbor. And they had this environmental rivalry. 
and you just see Ed Begley staring out the window. <laughs> and like, I'm like, damn it, Bill has solar panels now on his roof. And he's like, like I got to get solar panels now. <laughs> it's like Ed Begley also riding on his bicycle 30 minutes just to make toast. I guess I should maybe just talk to Ed Begley versus Bill Nye. I'm actually, I'm happy with both of them. But Bill Nye, though, it's like my childhood as well with Bill yeah. Nye, the science guy. But Ed Begley, I think it's hilarious because I love that movie She-Devil, and he's in She-Devil. Mm-hmm. As far as a question, I have no idea. I'm sure it would just come naturally. Talking. It would. Yeah. Well, and I have trouble picking one thing. Like, I'm just happy to meet someone. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. And uh, so if I ever met someone that's remotely famous, I'll appreciate it and ask about their career, ask how they got there, and about their personal lives. You know, the three biggies. Mm-hmm. That's good. And next up is what are three of your favorite movies? Ooh, good one. Uh, Princess Bride. Good one. Probably original Jurassic Park. That just blew me away. Yeah, so that's a good one. And maybe the Harry Potters, because, like, if I'm cleaning the house and I just want background noise, I just put on Harry Potter. Like any of them. All, all very good choices. I, it kind of depends on what time of the year it is. <laughs> one of my favorite Christmas movies is Die Hard. I have all three Die Hards. Oh, those. I don't count the others after that. I have all three. <laughs> That's classic. I do love. I'm thinking, what do I actually own on my bookshelf? Because the things I own are probably what's my favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the only like. There's only a few movies that I own anymore. Those are that. I also have like Moulin Rouge and Lord of the Rings. Yes, kids movies I've watched so many times. Kind of like how you said about Harry Potter, just putting it in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Treasure Planet and (laughs) Anastasia are. Two oh. movies I've seen so many times. And Tangled. Those are probably the three animated movies I have seen so many times. I love Tangled. It's so good. And my, my well, that just shows how my movie shelf is. I have, like, the box set of Die Hard next to Tangled and Anastasia. And then Blazing Saddles and <laughs> <laughs> and Cat Blue. Everything by Mel Burks is amazing. Blazing yeah. Saddles. Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Princess Bride. Oh, they're so good. Young Frankenstein's probably my favorite. Oh, yes. I saw the musical of that, and it's excellent. Oh, genius. genius. I just watched Robin Hood, Men in Tights not too long ago, and I was like, it's so, it's so, so oh, funny. that's another good one. <laughs> uh, I love Tangled. I always, I always joke that uh, Princess and the Frog's my favorite Disney movie because she has a job. Like, she's the first one to be like, I gotta work for my shit. And she has a good work ethic. So, I really enjoy that one. That is true. That's a very good point. That's a very good reason to like her. Like, no, she's earning that. Earning Mm -hmm. that business. Yeah, my my tastes are very eclectic. They're all over. Shawshank Redemption. That's another one Mm -hmm. of my favorites. Yeah. Classic. To fart jokes and animated movies. So, yeah, I'm all over the place. All right. Describe yourself in five words. Oh dear. Uh, weird, nerdy, artsy. Uh, kind. I like to think I'm kind. I try to be. <laughs> I 
I like to think I'm funny. I'll say funny. I think I'm funny. That's why I wanted a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Was that all five words, though? Yeah. I what was it? Weird, nerdy, artsy, funny, and kind. Kind. Okay. I gotcha. Uh-huh. Um, I can't add. <laughs> I had my fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I was going to do the same. <laughs> I would say chill. Mm, yes. I'm, I'm pretty good at not letting things get to me too bad, stress-wise and whatnot. Definitely creative or artsy, somewhere in that line ambitious mm. confident and i want to say funny or snarky yeah amused amusing <laughs> <laughs> i agree if i added one more it'd be friendly you might not hear it on the podcast very much but i'm actually very good customer service <laughs> she does because i'm like hello how are y'all and i'm very excited when i help people find new books <laughs> mm-hmm. it's true so I'm sorry I used six words, but <laughs> <laughs> our podcast, our rules. Keena's yeah. funny and I am friendly. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Okay. So what is the top of your bucket list? Um, right now, currently getting my dream job. Or maybe just a job. I might settle for just a job. But I've applied for a really, 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 really great job that I really, really want. And I don't want to jinx it. But hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll have an interview because it closed. Okay. Friday. Job. Awesome. It's working for a cemetery. And then I could be like a real spooky bitch. I was wondering if it was that one you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I want it so bad. I know you can be like, I have the badge and everything. I, I know. It. I, I know. The top of my bucket list is always just to... Travel. I need to do more. It's actually, this is the story. I need <laughs> my bucket list is I need money so I can do things on the bucket list. Yeah. I was asking, there's a podcast called Art History and we're going to do a crossover soon, but they travel the world and talk about art history. And it's like, how do you, how do you do this? Cause I'm poor. And I sent them the gift that helped me. I'm poor from bridesmaids. And they're like, you just, <laughs> We're just broke for like seven months and then we just, you know, deal with it later. <laughs> so they're whole. I can't things. live like that. I can't either, but I need I, to save and I need to know that if I break my leg, I'll be able to afford the repercussions of it. You know, yeah. I need to have that security yeah. of it. <laughs> That's true. It's good though. I definitely want to travel, but I need said dream job to be able to travel. So yes. Fingers crossed. Uh, I guess mini bucket list is I need to force myself to probably actually, even though I need the money, I, I need to force myself to work less. And when I work less, I need to actually do things mm-hmm. as in go to trivia night and do little, just little things locally. Yeah. That's what I, that's my mini bucket list is to force myself out in situations that I might not normally do. Mm-hmm. This next question is for you, Kina. It says, mm-hmm. what is it like being a military wife? And how do you cope? (laughs) Well, I have a very different career as a military spouse, I guess. A lot of people move around a lot, but because my husband was stationed in Arkansas for 15 years, I didn't have to deal with a lot of this stuff that people do. Uh, He did deploy a lot. So in, it was like 15 years, he deployed 13 times. 
So pretty much once a year, he was deploying to Afghanistan or Iraq. So that sucked. But uh, as far as like moving around, we haven't really had to do that until recently. San Antonio was our first move for both of us. And that was stressful. But we did a, it's called a Diddy move. So we moved ourselves. So that was very uh, crazy because you have to like weigh everything. But I think with like deployments, the first day sucks. And if you're a military spouse, you get it. Like the first day I let myself cry and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, I'm so scared. And then like afterwards, I'm just, I just keep myself busy and I do stuff. And normally I obsess over sending him the best care packages possible. And I make him lots of shit until he begs me to stop because I make him fat because I'm sending him too much cake. That is true. Yeah. I I should remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I figured out how to ship cake because it was his birthday when he was in Afghanistan. And then he's like, I love you, but you have to stop. (laughs) It's like, we are all getting so fat. It's like, okay. Because I was sending a care package a week. I was getting a little obsessive, but I was sending cake and cookies in every box. Uh, Yeah. Also, if you're a military spouse, get a Fitbit because it shows if they're walking and then you can make sure they're alive. Little known fact. That's what I did. <laughs> what if someone stole the Fitbit, though? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, I guess it, he's syncing it, though. So, yeah. To his phone. So that kind of helps. I have a hard time being like, how do I cope? It's so much easier now. He texted me every day, just constantly while I was over there. I can't imagine, like, World War II waiting on a letter. That would oh, be yeah, for months, and it might not make it, it because yeah. it was World War II. <laughs> and, like, scary shit happens. The uh, last deployment, that was when one of the C-130s went down, and it was on the base he was in. And it was really scary because, like, a split second, I was like, oh, my God. But then I realized that we had eloped right before he left, and they would have to tell me before they put it on the news. So, but it's still really scary. You never know what's going to happen, but... Luckily, now he's in management, so he doesn't have to go unless he volunteers, which he probably will. But that's another story. All right. I cope by being busy and psychotically making stuff. And just make him fat. I like it. I like it all. (laughs) All right. Next up is for myself, actually. This is where do you draw your inspiration from for your art? (laughs) Where do you draw your inspiration for your art? That is everything in my crazy ass brain and what I see. Some ideas come from Pinterest or just from what I hear. Some like if you listen to the last mini episode, I mentioned the graphic novel I'm making. And that is space turtles and space (laughs) cats. Very Star Trek-y kind of-esque fighting off a evil space kraken. That is somehow <laughs> traveling through a nebula portal. I love that so much. That is a little taste of my brain. <laughs> Case and point. You're welcome. Let that just float <laughs> off into the air. <laughs> I also just play with a lot of shitty, a lot of materials. I experiment a lot. I, I have a great aunt who I really want to visit. She actually lives in Scotland. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Emery said, well, we need to get married so you'll take me to Scotland. I'm like, why do we have to get married for you to come visit Scotland? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I think it'll just make you more forced to do it. I'm like, we're not, that's not happening. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand your logic in that. <laughs> Anyways, she commented once on some of my art. She's like, some of it's okay and some of it's really great. 
she's like, what does it mean? And I said, not a damn thing. <laughs> Very rarely does any of my art actually represent something. It's more, I'm just experimenting or maybe, I guess if it's anything, I'm just expressing myself. It's like my mood, I guess, or just what colors I really enjoy. But it's always just some form of experimentation. And and that can be, like I said, anything I see or anything that's in my brain or a combination of all of it. Yeah. And our next question is, what has your favorite episodes been? Okay, this has been awkward for me because I'll talk about our podcast. People are like, what's your favorite episode? And I'm like, the dick and vagina ones. And it's really hard because I'm always trying to, like, feel the person out after I say that and be like, uh, are they going to find that funny or are they going to be like, oh, my God, get away from me? Because I was at the bridal shower and I said that. And I was like, I hope you think this is funny. But those are my favorite. I think the puns, the amount of puns and slang we packed so many into jokes. those episode, It was so many jokes. And a lot of our, I mean, some of them are pretty heavy, but those were just so funny to me. I just, I like alliteration. And I did some pretty solid penis alliteration. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Very true. I, I don't really have a favorite. I actually, the last time I thought my favorite is the first time I was on the podcast. And that was when I was a guest star for episode four. And it mm. was the history of food. <laughs> Ashley wasn't feeling well. And you called me like the day before recording. And it's like, can you do this? <laughs> like, well, sure. I have time. Let's try it. And I came up with stories and it was about food. And I, if you have seen my picture, you know I am a fan of it. <laughs> Happily so. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> I have the confidence, don't worry. I know I'm beautiful. Even with food in my mouth or in my hand. It's always near yeah, me, though. Yeah, those were some of my favorite stories, too. The Kellogg and the Coco. Yes, the Kellogg, like, scars people. <laughs> so bad. So and I, it was the first time I actually, like, Googled something and... Like learning where waffles came from because people just assume Belgium because we have Belgium waffles. And it's just kind of like my first like down little history lane. And I had a lot of fun chit chatting about it. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Definitely good one. And budded into this. Yeah. I just think the dig episode, because that's what sparked the idea of this podcast in my head was Rasputin's dick. I wouldn't <laughs> tell people that. I do, though. <laughs> I know. But that's. <laughs> It's like, well, well, it's no wonder like, you get weird ass looks if that's how you open yeah, it. Like, I was at this bridal shower and she's like, What made you think about this? And I was like, Okay, we're drinking Rasputin beer. It's <laughs> like, Have you heard of his 13 inch magical dick? And they were like, Whoa. They seem intrigued. Yeah, it does. Ugh. But yeah, no, I think, I don't know. Every episode seems to be my favorite. Every time we finish one, I'm like, All right, that one. I like that one. So yeah. just well, each time we get a little better, better and a little bit more confident. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just going to get better and better. I'm excited. Plus, our newer stuff, we get topics picked by our Patreon, and they pick our words. So it's getting a little bit more exciting because it's got a little yeah. bit more. Because we're doing stuff you want to listen to. Yeah. We're, I'm very happy to do that, to make mm-hmm. you all happy, which makes us happy because we get to Google shit. Yay, Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly is what do you call your listeners? Okay, this has been, we don't know. So we need ideas. I don't know. I called somebody, I called you guys our giggle water game the other day and somebody made fun of me on Twitter. So that's out. Somebody else suggested nugget, but I don't know how people feel about that. Um, somebody said team librarian, team historian. 
And at one point, somebody said, like, uh, librarians in training. I don't know. Let us know. What do you want us to call you? <laughs> I have to admit, with the book chat, folks, I would like to call y'all either my page turners or Ooh. my page masters. Because I love that movie, if you understand that reference. Oh, my God. That's so good. I don't know. I looked up, like, what the lovers of history are and their paleophiles, but that's way too close to pedophiles for my Yeah, taste. let's not push it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, nope, moving on. <laughs> but if you have any suggestions for what you would like to call your, to call yourselves or your little, your little historical family mm-hmm. and book lovers and whatnot, I mean, we're open to any suggestions because... We are in this together, I guess, because we we can't be here without y'all. And y'all are here to like listen to us for some weird reason. But, you know, (laughs) whatever. I know I mentioned I I don't I think it was God bless you on Twitter. I love you all so much. I was talking (laughs) about like I I said at the end of some episodes, like, I don't know why you guys stay with my cackle. And somebody's like, we like your cackle. It's like You have to be lying. But thank you. (laughs) No, they just turn the volume down. My husband's like, there's no way in fuck anybody likes your cackle. And I'm like, they do, though. They think I'm delightful. Okay, he can't say that since he's, like, married to you? Like, no. come on. Well, that's what happens when you've been married a while. The truth comes out. And he's like, oh, my God. Please stop. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> yep. No, I think he loves the podcast because used to I would just, like, follow him around and say all this weird shit. Now I have somewhere to channel it and he doesn't have to hear it, so. Oh, he's probably like, thank God for this outlet. Yes. Yeah. Hence the Rasputin dick conversation. It's like, I, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want to know. Stop. Stop. No. I didn't stop. <laughs> it's like ear rape. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, you put it that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, you survived. Listening and uh, just for the little rundown, if you want to join Patreon and get an extra episode, get in our or two extra episodes, our book chat, and then you get like deleted scenes, bloopers, uh, merch if you're in the other thing. So if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash historical AF pod. And then like social media and shit. <laughs> Same with our social media. And all that other shit. Uh, Historical AF Pod. Find out all of our cool memes and book chats and all that other fun stuff. You become a Patreon member. And, of course, the basic Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is open for everybody. We put a lot of funny shit on there. Anything that pops up on my Facebook that I think is hilarious. Mm -hmm. And Kina does a lot of awesome, like, Mad Libs and memes and everything that you just have to see it's a you just can't you can't miss it gotta yep. see it right now and then if you want to see the photos and sources and all that good shit and you don't look on the social media it's uh historicalafpodcast.wordpress.com i think that's it i think that's it's it shorter now. it's shorter than last time we're, we're finally trying to get mean many it's not very many yet but we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there okay bye bye